Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Well, as we travel, it's been a great journey. Some of you have been around six, seven years with us. Some of you have just come for the first time. The blog radio is growing by the week after week after week. People call order material more than we've ever seen called to order material. Something has happened. 
And they're hearing. They're hearing the call, God. Not of a man, not of an organization, but the Lord God Himself is drawing by His Spirit to our spirits. We're coming home. The subject matter this week in is intercession. Now, for those of you that have adhered unto what this prophet has brought, taught you, and studied it, this is going to be very special to you because I'm, I'm about to take those of you that are in that position, bless God, absolutely to depth in prayer that you've never known. I'm going to cause you to move heaven and earth through the name of Yeshua. Now, for those of you that are new, for those of you that didn't bother to learn to fast and pray, see, it had to start with the elementary prayer, trying to get you to get your lazy hineys out of bed and pray. We've tried to encourage you that you should be praying at least an hour a day, okay? And yet at the same, the same time, some of you in this room are playing, praying two hours a day, and I know that. God honors prayer. Somebody say amen. amen. He honors it. Uh, God, God's not uh, asleep, okay? But in order to take you to the depths that I'm about to take you this weekend, you had to learn the fundamental prayer and fasting life, okay? Some of you are a bit slack. Some of you are a bit backslidden in that are those two categories. I do cast out devils. How many knows that? I wasn't real encouraging, but now you do know, right? And what I want you to realize is that God is going to bring you to a greater depth than you've ever known. Now, I am a called intercessor. The reason that I can do what I do with anointing is because I am an intercessor. We're going to teach you not only about intercessors, but intercessory itself. We're going to teach you how to absolutely control the spirit world. And some of you are going, wow, I didn't know we could do that. How do you think I do what I do? The powers of darkness have come to steal, to kill, and destroy. Satan would like to steal this entirety of this movement away from us. Guess what, Satan? It's over. Amen? Amen. It's over. There's no, there's no stealing from us. Listen to the footsteps. Huh? You can hear them in the Spirit. There's more and more and more footsteps until there's going to be multitudes of people. For those of you, as I've always said, that bless God, that will bother yourselves long enough and deep enough to come to where God wants you to come through the teaching of this prophet, you're going to find yourself in the days to come in great need of the others that are going to come. Because, you know, if you can learn to work the works of God, it's going to be a lot easier for this prophet to get people to realize that God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't care man, woman, child. He doesn't care whether you're black, white, striped, polka-dotted, or whatever else. And by the way, neither do I. What he cares about is the people that are going to seek him with a whole heart. That's what he cares about. He doesn't care about religion. He doesn't care about, bless God, well, well, I'm, you know, the... The Lord God said this. He don't, that, that don't move God. What moves God are people that will seek after him until he moves. All right? Seeks after him until he moves. Let's go, and you'll turn with me to Genesis, the 20th chapter and the 7th verse. Genesis 20, 
the seventh verse. Now, this uh, chapter here, uh, you know, involves, if you will, most of you know that. If you don't, we'll tell you. Abraham and his wife, Sarai, Sarai, Sarah. And uh, so what has happened here, because, you know, Abraham's figuring this out because they've come up on this this, this guy and and. You know, if they find out that, bless God, that that's his wife, then he's going to kill. So he tells him that this is his sister. Okay? Well, that was kind of dumb, wasn't it? Well, 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 wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Abraham was one of the great patriarchs. Uh-huh. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, he just lied. Oh, yeah, he lied. Mm-hmm. He lied. Now listen, 7th verse. Now therefore restore the man his wife. Now he's talking now to this king. For he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know that thou, that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Wow. Wow. But, 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 but wait a minute, didn't he, wasn't he the one that lied, Abraham? Yeah. Touch not my prophets. Hmm? But do my prophets no harm, one is saying. Actually, touch not my anointing, do my prophets no harm. God means that, okay? Now listen, he says he's a prophet. And he's going to pray for you, meaning he's going to intercede for you. Now listen. I'm going to pray for thee, comma, and thou shalt live. It's hard to figure God, isn't it? But now let me tell you something about the righteous of God. They're in his hand. Okay? How did he become the righteous of God? Lion? No, no. But let me tell you something else that some of you need to understand. Abraham was a human, made out of flesh and blood first, called of God as a prophet, yes. Do prophets make mistakes? Made one there, didn't he? But to show you the confidence that God had in Abraham, he jumped the old boy's case. He said he's going to pray for you. He's going to intercede for you. You're going to live, and if you, you know, if, and, and if you don't restore her, he said you and everything of everything going to die. The prayer of Abraham saved this man and his whole household. One prayer saved them. But now here's what I want you to understand: Abraham was not praying for him and Sarah. Was it? No, no. He was to pray for this other fellow. I pray for you, and God restores you. You pray for me, what happens? Well, sometimes, whatever. Other times, nothing. Most of the time, nothing. Why? Because you can't seem to understand the supernatural realm and how it works. Okay? The prayers that we pray are so important. In the beginning, as we taught you prayer, we, 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 we spent a good amount of time, anyway, trying to get you to understand that, bless God, you've got to stop this me, myself, and I prayer life. Simply meaning, God, I need this, and God, if I, I need that, and if I can get this, and I want Aunt Sally saved, and don't forget about Aunt Mary, and, and Lord, if I can win the lottery next week. That's not a prayer life. I'm not real sure what it is, but I can tell you one thing. There's some prayers, listen to me, that God does not hear. And that prayer, and that type of prayer, he has never heard. Why? 
because it's all out of what you want, what you think you need. And, and folks, there's a big difference in that. Let's go to Exodus 32, ninth verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. Let's see, I'm going to get rid of these people. And Moses besought the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why dost thou... Wrath, what is thou, thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power, with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief, for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against the pe thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thy own self, and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Do you realize that Moses changed the course of history that day? He changed the course of history that day. He said that he was going to consume them. He was going to destroy them. And he would still bring forth a great, a great nation out of Moses. But Moses did something that's called intercession and began to intercede for the children of Israel now, now, folks, this is very important you grab onto this. He reminded God of what he had said. Doesn't God say, remind me? Remind me. Remind me. Now, Moses could have prayed this prayer. Well, golly gee, God, you know, they're not all that bad. And after all, after all, you know, come on, give them a break. You know, we we'll go down by the wherever that's at, and we'll have a big party down there, and there'll be no idols and any of that kind of stuff. We'll just have one of those Holy Ghost... Uh, uh, they didn't even have the Holy Ghost, did they? He could have prayed that. Now, the reason I use the Holy Ghost revival, obviously, to get your... They could have had one. But here's what I want you to grab onto. That prayer, God would not have been listening to. That's what Moses thought. Say, that's what Moses thought. That's what Moses thought. Let me tell you something. God's not interested in what you think. Contrary to what you may... See, we, we, we get so tied up into this selfishness about ourselves that we miss what God's trying to do. It's always the prayers. Oh, God, feel sorry for me, Jesus. God doesn't feel sorry for you. You know why? He gave you everything. He gave you everything. He don't feel sorry for you. You know what the problem is? You were never taught how to use everything that God gave you. You were never taught that. Pastors can't take you to the depths that prophets do. We have revelation knowledge. They should be teaching my material by now. They're not. will probably never be. Okay? But Moses did something different than what he thought that he wanted for the people. He reminded the Lord of what he had said. He reminded. He said, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, thy servants, Woo! to whom thou swearest by thy own self, and saith unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. You see the difference? He didn't whine. He didn't gnash his teeth together. 
he reminded God of what God had said. Well, Lord, I'm going to pray this prayer. Now, here's, here's some prayers and types of ways that we seem to pray. Well, Lord, if you're sick, Lord, you know, here I am, I'm sick. Well, now, Lord, I know, you know, and, and, and well, and by the stripes of your son, Yeshua, I'm healed, and I know all this, and but I'm sick, Lord. I, I got this bad leg, I can't hardly, you know, you got to like this, this is old Chester off of Gunsmoke, okay? <laughs> done it for years, I still practice it in front of the mirror. The kids love it when I go across the floor, huh? I, I, I do the Grandpa Amos one, too, where you do the arms up. Huh? Yeah, I'm pretty good at that one. But, Lord, do something. I'm hurting here. That's usually the way we pray. Instead of coming to the Lord God and binding up the powers of, of darkness through the name of His Son, Yeshua, saying, Satan, I bind you from what's going on here. That's the first thing you need to say out of your mouth. You have to bind up the powers of darkness in the name of Yeshua. Then you can say to the Lord God, Remember, Lord, when your holy son Yeshua at the cross was beaten beyond human recognition, And because of those stripes that he bore upon that cross, your word said, Lord, I'm healed. Now, does that have anything to do with the way you feel? Not a thing. Does that mean that, bless God, that now you're not going to have any more pain or any more this or any more that? Not unless you understand how it works. Okay? I did something on blog radio on Monday, I guess it was. Maybe it was Wednesday. I can't remember. They all ran together. So a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How many of you listened to that thing on imagination? The ones of you didn't, get on there and listen to it. It's the key to this thing. You've got to get this right up here right, folks. You've got to see yourself. It's a physical problem. You've got to see yourself whole. You can't see yourself blind, lame, halt, cancer, sorry. You have to see yourself right here in this room years ago. Wow. More years than I want to probably think about. The Lord God was teaching me intercession. Oh, I was a young preacher that didn't know which end was up. A man was pushed through those doors right there in a wheelchair. And the Lord God said, look. He said, what do what you see? And I said, well, I see a man in a wheelchair. He said, no, no, no. You have to see the man out of the wheelchair. You have to see the man walking. Now, folks, you put on your Holy Ghost water waders that come way up here because you're going to need it. He said, in order, in order for that man to receive, you have to first see him walk. I'm going, really? Well, how, how do you do that? How do you do that? He said, look. And I looked again. The man stood right back there. In the physical, no, in the physical, he's still in the wheelchair. He stood. He walked down the aisle. Then the Lord God said unto me, he said, go forth, lay your hands on him, and tell him that he received by by my stripes. I thought, boy, woo, woo, woo. Now listen how where your flesh starts doing. Woo, what if this didn't happen? Huh? Well, what, 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 what if that old boy stays in the wheelchair? The party's over. 
Huh? Shut off the lights. Warm up the bus. We're going home. But the presence of God that's even on me this moment was on me then in the same way. I began to know that I knew that I knew that I knew that it wasn't me, it was him doing it. Okay? The man was pushed right down here off to where the brother's sitting right here tonight. I walked from behind the beam, I walked down, I said exactly what God said. And he said, Hallelujah! I feel strength and tingling in my legs. He stood up and walked back. He ran up and down this aisle. And I'm standing there with all the faith in the world, of course, going. <laughs> my Lord and my God, what have I got a hold of here? So I go home and spend, I think at that point, about seven days fasting. That's called without food. And I begin to seek the Lord further because, let me tell you something about God. We talked about a little about this uh, on blog here with the, the prophets who were around me here this weekend, or before this weekend. God lets you see something, have something happen, so somehow in these... <laughs> real, real dumb minds that we seem to have, that something clicks. And you go, wow. Now, let's see. If God did that, if I was to, uh, if I was to spend seven days without food, okay, uh, wonder what else he'll do next weekend. Old Decker goes home, spends seven days without food. God begins to deal with me. The subject what I'm teaching you called intercession. The angel said unto me, You became that man. I said, I what? I didn't, didn't even look like you, little skinny guy. That's a joke, okay? No, he said, You became him. And I, I can remember when I laid my hands upon his head and spoke the words that the Lord gave me to speak to that man, I remember a feeling that I had never felt before until that time, and feel every time now that I pray for somebody, and will hear on Saturday night again. He said, you have become one with them. He said, but you must understand how this works. I said, wow, yes, I want to understand. I said, Lord, teach me. I, I, I want to know. I want to understand. I want to help more people. He said, next service, you will have the opportunity to see somebody else whole. And he said, when they come in, it had to be a person that was on crutches. Okay, had been for a long, long time on crutches. When they come through the door, he said, uh, I will speak to you. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm up here seven days fasting, seeking the face of God. And the man comes through. And, and the Lord God said to me, I, he said, what do you see? I said, I see the man walking. And now, folks, I'm going to talk about a realm that sounds crazy to most of the church in the world. I'm seen over into the supernatural world, all right, which I get to do quite often. And the Lord God says, you've seen right, son. Tell the man this night he will carry those crutches to his car, put them in his trunk, and never use them again. Warm up the bus, the party's over. I'm thinking, now I got lucky last week. You felt like that, folks? You gotta understand, I have been where you're most of you're at. I got lucky last week, 
Lord, you're a man. You're, you're, woo! you're asking an awful lot here. He said, just do what I tell you to do. And I'm standing up here. By the way, I've had this, I've had this Bema here lots of years. Brother made me this the first week that I was in this building with his own hands, okay? So I walked to the side, right here. I said, Brother! He looked up. I said, This night, saith the Lord God, and I spoke what God told me to speak. I said, As soon as I finish the ministry of the Word, you're going to walk. You're going to carry the crutches and put them in the trunk of the car, and you're never going to be crippled again. This man had had polio since he was like eight years old. And he was probably well toward his 70s. Okay, I'm up here preaching. Now, I can just imagine what everybody's thinking out there. Some were thinking, man, I can't wait till this is till he's done with the Word. They probably didn't get a thing out of the Word. But I can't wait to get it because we won't see this guy walk. And then there was that other group that sat out there and said, oh, 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 he's about to make a fool out of himself if it don't work. Come on, you know something about it. You've been in a crowd or two. Yeah, yeah, come on. Well, to say the least, he carried the stretches to the car, put them in the trunk, and I know for a fact, five years after that, he had never picked the crutches up again. And I'm assuming he never did. Lord, what, 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 what happened that night, Lord? I went home and I got before God and I said, God, something strange, strange is going on here. The angel spoke to me and the angel said, I'm teaching you how to intercede. I'm teaching you how to reach out and break through the barriers of darkness where they can't hinder what God wants done. So, wow. I, wow, I'm, I'm going on a 14-day fast now. Hey, I'm wound up. I got seven days and this happens. What's going to happen? Of course, I had, the problem was that in the next seven days, I got another church service here, Okay. But I'm still proclaiming 14. And folks, it went on, it went on, it went on, it went on. Call those things that be as though they're not. Defy darkness. Because God's Word is either the truth or it's a lie. There isn't any in-between to this thing. God either does heal or God doesn't heal. God either delivers or God doesn't deliver. It's time some of you find this out. Some of you sitting out here shot your mouths off about God this and God doing that. And God wouldn't heal the little toe on either one of your feet, let alone the miracles that you'd like to think. Time to grow up, folks. It's time to look into that spiritual mirror and see you. You've got to want more than you have from God. But you have to be willing to sacrifice more of yourself than you have ever sacrificed to get it. This doesn't happen because I'm a prophet. This doesn't happen, bless God, because, oh, how I love Jesus. This happened because I learned to seek the face of God in a death that went past the church. It went past what the church could teach. The best teacher in this world is the Holy Ghost. The best way to be taught is in the supernatural. The problem is few people have those types of opportunities. Amen? Let's go to the Scripture here. Now, number 623, number 623 through 26. Somebody say hallelujah. 6.23 Now, speak unto Aaron and to his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. He says, bless them. Notice, notice he didn't say bless yourselves. And, and, and folks, this is important because you see, he's not saying, well, I need this and I need that. Well, you say, yeah, but the Lord, the Lord said speak. The Lord is saying speak tonight to you. See, some of you desperately would love to have an angel show up in your front yard, bedroom. <laughs> but what you don't understand, God has already spoken. His written word is holy. It is alive. All you have to do is what? Speak it. Believe it. Visualize it. And it will come to pass. All right? But he said, bless, bless the children of Israel. Bless the children of Israel. Don't, don't be blessing your family. Huh? Now, you should pray for your family every day. All right? I pray for my family every day. Okay? I pray for you every day. The list is getting longer and longer and longer. Because we're getting more people and more people. I need some intercessors. Okay? I need some people that will stand the gap. Make up the hedge. That will get up in the midnight hour when they're stirred by the spirit man. And cry out to this mighty God in their behalf. You can change circumstances on the other side of the world right now. This very minute, if you learn how, you might save somebody's life. You ever wake up in the middle of the night and, oh, I guess I've got to go to the bathroom. I need a drink of water. Water's good. And get back in bed and just go back to sleep. Got my hand up. Some of you want a visitation, don't you? Folks, that's the way God visits. Mine's an automatic alarm after all these years. It just, wow, I'm awake. Anywhere from 1.30 to 2 o'clock in the morning, it's over. I'm up. That's it. I'm called of God to pray for you and them. But you see, when you wake up and you either roll over and go back to sleep, get a, go to the bathroom, get a drink, go back and go to sleep, here's a series of this thing. How many want to be used by God? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. That makes me feel real good. You want to be used by God? Mm -hmm. Now listen, somebody could be dying on the other side of this world. And God chose you, 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 us, to get out of that bed... Get on our faces before him and pray. Well, I gotta know what I'm praying about. No, you don't. That that's got you in as much trouble now, it's not even funny. No, we're, we're gonna teach you. Back into some things that we talked before somewhat. But you have to understand you could be making the difference in somebody's life by getting up. When you're unctioned by God. There's all kinds of stories that people give to me about why, well, now I have to have my sleep. That was one of my biggies when I was a boilermaker. Lord, i got to have my sleep here. Man. i got to get up. Man. You know, I'm, I'm, well, I'm welded in temperatures like we've been having. That's no fun. Lord, you know, I, 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 I let somebody else take care of this, you know, just for a while till the weather cools down. You actually was that way? Oh, yeah. Lazy. How did God ever use you? I repented with a true heart toward God. And when he unctioned me, I got out of bed and I prayed. And it got to the point after four or six months 
Many times I would think, okay, okay, it, I, you know, it seems like it's lifted. I'm going back to bed. I lay down, and ten minutes later, the unction would come. What, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. The key here, prophet, is if I can understand, and you can explain to me, what is the unction? Oh, yeah, I can explain it to you. It isn't the angel saying, get up! Wish it was. That would have been a lot easier, right? We'd all get up, right? Oh, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. I love it. The unction is that you want to do the will of God so much in your life that you are willing. Now listen to me. You are willing. Every time you wake up, Believe it's God calling you to pray. Well, what if it isn't? Don't make any difference. Get up and pray. But if you'll do that, you know what that'll solve? That will solve the devil stealing from you intercession. We all have excuses. Okay? Many of you could have had an excuse not to have been here this weekend. But you know, I've taught a long, long time ago to all of you, you do what you want to do, okay? Don't you kid yourself. You did this weekend what you wanted to do this weekend. And the ones that didn't come, they did what they wanted to do this weekend. The deeper depths of intercession have everything to do with giving up and giving in. You have to change this here, this mindset. You've got to bring your minds to a point where, bless God, you are determined that you're going to stand the gap, make up the hedge, spiritually, supernaturally, for your family, your friends, and anybody else that's on the other side of this world that the Lord God needs you to be praying for so they can live. Some of us as intercessors, on the day that we stand before the Lord God, or in years later, are going to have people come up to us and going to say, thank you, because you got up and prayed. I lived 30 years. Thank you that you unselfishly, and if you hadn't prayed, I would have died that night. And you know what, folks? Because you don't have confidence in your prayer life, you don't think that what I just said is really the truth, even though I said it, and most of you best be afraid to admit that you think I'm lying. <laughs> like that part, too. You have to have confidence in your prayer life. You have to have confidence that God wants to use you. Say, God! I want you to use me. And you know what you just did? You just volunteered. Gotcha. I love that part too. Woo All right. Move on. I got, now listen, I've got to make 14 pages in order for us to stop eating. I'm only on page two. And I've been here for almost an hour. Now, Decker G. and I do a lot more reading, a lot less storytelling. Well, y'all are going to have to eat breakfast. <laughs> never mind, never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Six, uh, Sixteen numbers. Sixteen numbers, forty-six. Number sixteen, forty-six. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put far therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly into the congregation, and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord, the plague is begun. I hope you remember the story when I go back through it. And Aaron took, uh, took as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation, and behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense, and made an atonement for the people, and he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Now... They that died in the plague were 14,700, besides them that died about the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses under the door of the tabernacle, the congregation, 
and said, well, it didn't say it, it said, and the plague was stayed. Now, Moses commanded him. Moses knew something over in another realm. Okay? Moses understood that the plague had begun. They had anybody that come in and say, Moses, Moses, we've got a plague going on out here. You're going to have to do something. You better do it quick. No, I said, look, Aaron, take the censer, okay? Take the censer, and bless God, uh, uh, put, go among the people, put incense, and make an atonement for the people. 48 says, and he stood between the dead and the living. How many times have I gone into hospital room for people were gathered around and that person was dying? The doctors called the family in because they knew that he was going to die or she was going to die. How many times has this prophet stood between the living and the dead? God! You can't take the spirit of this person. I stand the gap. I make up the heads. And I tear down the powers of darkness that have come to steal the life of this person. Satan, release him in the name of Yeshua. Release him in Yeshua's name. There's no way to give you the numbers of people that I've seen get up off of deathbeds and walk out of hospitals the next day. No way that I know. Don't need to know. But I know one thing. Now listen to me. If this prophet had not gone and stood between the living and the dead, those people would have all died. Somebody has got to stand up. Somebody has got to decide that there's more to this than me, myself, and I, and oh, what Jesus just told me. Somebody's got to do that. Somebody has got to give up and give in. Say, yea, Lord. Send me. That's where you've got to come to. You've got to come to the place of understanding. This thing's not just about you. This thing, this thing, no, 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 no. It's about the people. It's about people that are in need, people that are dying, people that bless God that need to be delivered. And God knows, okay? He knows. Now, Deuteronomy 9.18, if you'll be so kind. I hope you aren't getting too hungry. We're on page three now, moving right along. Could be a long evening. Some of you stay here with me if I stay till daylight. Then there's some of you, bless God, going to go up and steal out and steal food out of the back end and take down to the motel room and eat it too. All right. Takes us all, though, and we love all of you, okay? 9, 18, Deuteronomy, And I fell down before the Lord, as at the first forty days and forty nights. I did neither eat bread nor drink water. He fasted, because of all your sins, which he sinned in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Well, now, uh, Prophet, uh, I just, uh, you know, I, I know what you're to do in secret, but I just felt like you, well, Prophet, you need, you need to know this. Uh, I just came off of a 30-day fast, and, uh, and well, I just want to tell you that, uh, uh, that uh, well, you know, the Lord took me to some places in the spirit realm and showed me, da 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 wah 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 That's what it gets sounding like to me. I've heard so much of it. Moses wasn't praying for himself. Would you fast 40 days and 40 nights of no food for somebody, let's say, outside your family? 
Now, now, please, let's don't get into this, I'm a little more righteous next time. Yes, I would, because you wouldn't. Not where you sit tonight and walk with God, you wouldn't. Where I'm taking you, you will. You will sacrifice. You will deem them more important than you. You know what I've said to people for years? People judge me harshly. Now, some of you know that. You know what I said to them? Do you love me enough that you go 30 days without food and pray? If you think I'm so wrong that the Lord God would deal with me and change my life. I've been in the ministry 40 years, folks. Not one person, not one, would say yes. Not one. What is that? It's not love. Number one, as I've tried to teach you, you can't be a Christian and judge anybody or anything. Contrary to God's Word. And yet I'm saying to them, would you love me enough to the past 30 days to ask the Lord God, would you intercede for me? No, but they'll judge me. See, that's the mindset of the church. We won't love each other. See, intercession is love. Say, intercession is love. It's love. It may be the strongest love that ever be known on this earth. And Moses went 40 days and 40 nights without food. Okay? For the sins and the wickedness of the people. 19 says, For I was afraid of the anger and the hot displeasure wherewith the Lord was wrought against you to destroy you. But the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him. And I prayed for Aaron also the same time. Uh huh. Is that why Aaron lived? That's the only reason Aaron lived. That's the only reason Aaron lived. Aaron was about to die. Moses interceded. Okay. 21. And I took your sin, the calf which he he had made, and burned it with the fire, stamped it, and, and ground it every small, even until it was a small ass dust. And I cast the dust, therefore, into the brook, and that descended out of the mount. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. He goes on to say, and I want you to, uh, 24, he said, Ye have been rebellious against the Lord from the, de- the day that I knew you. Oh, man. Thus I fell down before the Lord forty days and forty nights as I fell down at the first. Because the Lord had said he would destroy you, I prayed therefore unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, destroy not thy people and thy inheritance which thou hast redeemed through thy greatness which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember thy servant Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look not unto the stubbornness of this people, nor to their wickedness, nor their sin. Now listen, he keeps going back and pointing out the righteous. Okay? He keeps going back and pointing out the righteous, the righteous, the righteous, the righteous, the righteous. How many of you have ever prayed and said, the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? You need to put that in your prayer life. The righteousness of God in these men of God. That Lord God, that you raised them up. You promised unto them, and that promise is unto me and mine. Therefore, Lord God, forgive them their sin, their wickedness, their stubbornness, of great rebellion that they have come against you with. Some of you in this room have had that prayer prayed to this prophet in your behalf. Say thank you. You're welcome. 
I can move heaven and I can move earth. And I know you want to. And if you will adhere unto this prophet, you're going to learn to. It's not going to be easy. Folks, again, I, I, I promise nobody a rose garden here. But I can tell you, because I do these things, you can do them. But it's going to cost. The Lord said what? You, you, better, count, you better count the cost here. You better, better count the cost. Are you willing to forsake all? Hmm? Uh-oh, now wait a minute. You've never heard this one before. Are you ready to forsake your silly little Jesus prayers? Huh? That you pray every day, moan, groan, carry on, and get down to a real prayer life? Because if you are, you can make this thing work. Prayer has to be something of which you mention not yourself. Now, let me tell you why. And we'll get the scripture here sometime this weekend. We're commanded to pray you one for another. Now, if I'm praying for you and you're praying for me, then I have no need to have to pray for myself, do I? Hmm? Try. But if, in fact, you are so selfishly caught up in yourself, and most of us are, then you are going to spend your time praying for me, myself, and I, me and yourself, instead of me, mine, my family. That's what you're going to do. If I was to ask everybody in this room, how many of you have spent an hour this week praying for me and Donna? And this family, but please don't stand up. I wonder how many of you would stand up. I wonder how many few of you could stand up. Okay? Well, uh, uh, no, no, well, uh, uh, I spent my time. I fulfilled the word. I prayed for you and yours. I broke the yoke in some of your lives this week. I stood the gap and made up the hedge. I cried out to the Lord, my God, for you. My Lord and my God, I don't have time to pray for me and mine. I'm praying for you and yours. Somebody learned something tonight. Somebody learned something tonight. We're not going to win this until we grow up. Intercession are for the ones that have left the bottle. Don't need the die-die, the diapers anymore, huh? It's walking on into the deeper things of God. That's where we're going to take you. You know, I, I have said for a number of years, there's one thing about being around a prophet in a prophetic ministry. We'll either get you there, or you're going to look like and seem like, not in the physical, but in the spiritual, you've been run over by a Mack truck, Okay? And that's where I'm taking you now. I can't take you home with me. And bless God every morning when I get up to pray, to come over and get up, get up, time to pray, time to pray, time to pray. Can't do that. And won't do that. But you're going to have to do that. Remember me telling you when we went into the thing with prayer? You need to set your alarms. Don't wait to be unctioned by the Holy Ghost. Why? Some of you wouldn't know the Holy Ghost if he came in and sat down next to you. You wouldn't know. So let's, let's get away from this spiritual stuff. Let's set the alarm clock and let's get up. Well, what time did he do it? Well, you choose. Now, as I talk to you in prayer, the powers of darkness, the world, or the supernatural, is quieter in the early morning hours because... Darkness, the demons, use people first, animals next, and anything else after that that they can use. People that have demonic possession are sleeping. The spirits, okay, well, they never sleep or slumber, no, but they're quiet. They're not as active. You can get more.